0: Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life, to build my strength back up and restore peace. And I teach my clients how to create their own version of a life where they can tap into their power and restore their happiness. My goal is so that you don't feel alone and that you feel supported. I am here for you. Sending hugs. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. Oh my gosh. I remember thinking in my head, so many times is love stronger than addiction. Like, why am I not enough for my addicted loved one to just stop, to choose me, to choose our beautiful family, our two kids? Like, why is it so hard? Like, oh my gosh, we had such a good life together. And I remember thinking, how dare you choose drugs and your addiction over me, over my children, over a beautiful life together. And you might be thinking the same thing about your addicted loved one and you're wondering like, you know, am I not enough? And so I wanted to do an episode on this because it just breaks my heart to even think that we're torturing ourselves like that, right? It's such a tragedy of loving someone with an addiction that Um, that we think that it's about us and that maybe we're not enough and um, wishing that we were enough to make our addicted loved one get clean. Now, it is one of the most perplexing questions, basically, that I hear all the time in the support group and just from people that I've been talking to over the years. And we're trying to figure out, like, you know, like, can I love hard enough or why does the addict seem, you know, why does addiction seem so strong? Is it stronger than love? How is that even possible? And I wish they would choose me over their addiction. And just, you know, it's just amazing how so many of us are thinking this. So I wanted to do an episode on this and I hope you get a lot out of this. Um, there are countless cases of betrayal, unnecessary harm, um, even ultimately, death. They lie. They steal. They cheat. They pretend that there, you know, there isn't a problem. And why do we stick around? Maybe because we're parents, right? We can't disown our children, or maybe because you know, we love this person and we are there for them. And we hope, and we pray that love is enough and that one day they'll come back, right? Maybe they assure you that you don't have to worry, or maybe they tell you that you're overreacting, or maybe they convince you that they're they're going to do better. They're going to be better. I, I heard that so many times. And, you know, maybe they stand up a few times only to fall down a thousand more times and you constantly see this tiny flicker of light. You see this, you know, down this tunnel of darkness. You see some light, like you're. Oh, you're hoping, right? and you're hoping that it will turn itself around. And it's amazing how devastating. And for me, it's like my addicted loved one completely. Abandoned us, left, just took off, went on a binge weekend, then came and packed up all this stuff and and went. And I couldn't help but feel abandoned. I couldn't help but believe, like, are you kidding me? You're choosing this over me? And I didn't understand it initially. So, this is really what it's like to love someone with an addiction. You feel helpless, you feel abandoned at times, you feel discounted, you feel unloved. And it is so hard. It is so devastating. And I just want to sit with that for a second in case you are feeling that, in case you are having the effects of heart this heart-wrenching effect of loving someone with an addiction, how exhausting it is. And you might be fearful of your relationship ending, fearful of your child, um, it just, you know, is behavior, uncertain, what is going on? And, or you might be walking on eggshells. I know that happened for me all the time. One minute they're happy, next minute they're brimming with rage and it's very, very common. So what I want to talk about is that being in love with an addict can feel like a calm Competition, like you're competing. It's like if they loved me enough, they would stop. Or if they loved me enough, they would listen. Or if they prioritize this family, why would they put us through all this torture? Or if they loved us enough, you know, da 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 da, the list goes on. But I'm here and I wanted to communicate with you that you are not competing with another human being. (laughs) You are not competing with a human being here you're competing with abuse with substance abuse with the paradox or the uh, the addiction you are competing with addiction and that is one race that you're not going to win So it is this race and just know in your heart that the addiction is not the human. And so you can't compete with it, right? The addiction has taken over your loved one's life. And even if they themselves hate their addiction at times or they themselves are really struggling with their demons, uh, you are still, that's what you're dealing with, right? Uh, Even if they want nothing more to do with it anymore, you, what you're competing with is not that humans love. You're not competing with that. And this helped me so much because I realized it's not me. It's not about me. And it's not about my self-worth and my, you know, how fun I am, how much we, he loves me. It has nothing to do with that. And so the idea here is, is to recognize that it's not you. It is has nothing to do with you, right? I know sometimes we think that, you know, we stick by our person, our loved ones in sick times and in health. And that is really what kept me around for so long in this relationship because I thought I was dealing with mental health issues. and But it was so much more than that. I was dealing with addiction. It wasn't mental health issues and there were ups and downs in his moods. And I was trying to be there and loving for him. So the idea here is the pain for me became too unbearable. And I was just giving barriers and ultimatums. And I was just grasping at straws out of fear. And he finally did what I didn't have the courage to do. And he knew that I was getting in the way of his addiction. And so I'm really like, I really want to portray here that It feels like we're in competition. It feels like if they loved me hard enough, but remember that what you're competing against is addiction, right? When you're looking at that definition of addiction it's basically, it explains it almost as a disease or a condition that's brought about when a person takes or, or or ingests their, you know, or drinks or whatever it is that they're addicted to or the behavior, like even gambling or porn. Um, that is very pleasurable for them. It becomes an addiction. It becomes a compulsive behavior that they don't, a habit essentially, that they, it, it no longer is a choice. And it disrupts their whole entire brain chemistry. And we can't compete with that, right? We often, you know, we often fall into this deception that, um, is, is their choice that can they choose love or choose addiction, but really it's not about choice when it becomes active addiction and it is no longer about a choice. So, you know, I don't want you to look at if drugs are winning in your relationship because, or alcohol or whatever addiction it is, it's, it feels like, the addiction is winning in your relationship and that your relationship is losing. I know I was there. And oftentimes, you know, I hear things in the support group, like if he loves me, why is he still using? Or she knows I'm angry if she is out drinking late or he 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 should choose me over drugs or he should choose his family over drugs. You You hear it all the time when you love someone with an addiction, you reach that point that you want to say, you know, it's the ultimatum or the ultimate threat. It's drugs or me. It's, you know, your addiction or me. And what you're trying to do is push them to make the decision that they should make. However, the truth is you cannot compete with it. No matter what, if someone is in active addiction, their urge, their desire, their reward center is all wired around doing whatever it is that they're addicted to. Your addicted loved one will choose their addiction over everything, everything, even love, even your relationship, even your family. And that is devastating news. I know it is. And so I'm really just wanting to communicate to you that please don't take things personally. Don't think that they are, you're not loving them hard enough. You're not good enough for them or that, you know, there's something waning in your relationship. Um, addiction is so powerful and you aren't losing, right? It's not personal. It's a disease. It's uh, an imbalance in their brain chemistry and so choosing to stay in this rela- relationship is really up to you. It's really personal. Now, I know if you're a parent, obviously you can't disown your children, but you can detach a little and remember that everyone's responsible for their own behavior. And you know, those tenants, you didn't cause it, you can't control it, you can't cure it. And so I really invite you to no longer look at it as is love stronger than addiction. Um You might think that love should persevere and that it might be more powerful than any substance or any addiction, but there's no way that to avoid the biological effects of addiction. The reward centers in the brain have become so strongly connected to the addicted behavior that it's almost automatic and they will do anything to protect that addiction. And and you're not a part of that, right? So it is such a tragic consequence of addiction, right? It is so sad because the reward centers of the addict's brain is just programmed to seek that harmful behavior, to seek whatever that it is they're addicted to. And even when they're challenged, their loved ones challenge them or give them ultimatums or like, you know, wish that they saw the love as a priority, you know, the addict might start to view that as, an enemy. Like I remember like giving that ultimatum and then I got in the way of his addiction. And then shortly after that, he went on a binge and disappeared. So they actually might even see it as a threat because it's getting in the way, the very thing that's bringing them so much pleasure and, and, and we're getting in the way of it. And so it's, you know, sometimes we're eventually pushed away. And for me, I was, you know, discarded (laughs) like chewing gum spit out. (laughs) So no, I, the one message I want to say addicts will choose addiction over love. They have to decide themselves when they want to seek recovery and the reward circuit in their brain is basically what is driving everything. So there is, you know, all the receptive centers in their brain, their neurotransmitters, that like they have an increase in serotonin, dopamine production, and all that going on that we can't even compete with that. Typically, in our brain, relationships increase dopamine they increase serotonin they help with with oxytocin they make us feel really good we have a really nice reward of spending time together with loved ones of doing things for other people um you know pleasing and, and pleasure helping others typically yes we all have that like and that's why it feels a reward in and of itself being with our loved ones and this emotional response as a result it's a reward system right it encourages us to be in relationships, to interact with others. But when you introduce addiction, when you are introducing perhaps substance or alcohol or um, methamphetamines or painkill pills or whatever it is. Heroin. They all trigger dopamine and serotonin production, alongside other neurotransmitters, transmitters rather. That's your neurotransmitters. It's your nerve impulses. And so, what happens is they, when they take their drugs or when they um, do whatever it is that they're addicted, they get this artificial flood of dopamine and serotonin. This feeling and this rush of good feeling neurotransmitters. That they they become reliant on it, right? And then their body says, "Whoa, I've got too much of that produ- production." And so your their bodies naturally back off on the production of it naturally. So they become more reliant on it. This increases their tolerance. And so they start to take more and more of whatever it is that they are addicted to to get the same effect. And that is really what it's all about, the addiction. So then when they don't have that artificially coming in, it's harder for them to have you know, natural serotonin secreted, dopamine, their body is holding it back or even depleted. So this is troubling, right? This is why we cannot compete with addiction. It just simply won't happen. And it's so difficult and it's difficult for the addict to prioritize uh, relationships, to prioritize family, to prioritize those they love. Essentially, it becomes a chemical um, dependence for them. This addiction is feeding them in a whole different way not to mention seeking behavior of addiction. So right when they're seeking, they start seeking whatever it is that they're addicted to. And so whatever gets in the way of that seeking behavior, oh my gosh, like they're going to get that out of their way because it's like, it's it's almost life or death here. So their choice to initially Um, take drugs or alcohol or do whatever it is they're addicted to, started with a choice, but becomes over time, a dependence, a, a requirement for them. So what does that mean for us in this relationship? It really does mean that we are not important. We are not as important as addiction, but that isn't that they don't love us. It doesn't mean anything. So don't make it mean anything about you. It just means that We cannot do anything to compete with that. So it is so sad, so devastating. But the reality is that they are going to put their addiction first, that love isn't enough and it doesn't mean that they don't love you. It just means that they love their addiction more and that it is what they require. And so I really do invite you to put yourself first, to love yourself, to really find the courage to focus on you because it is so devastatingly hard when you love someone with an addiction. It does not mean that you are not enough. It does not mean that you're not loving hard enough. And really, I just want you to know that that you cannot compete with addiction You cannot compete with addiction. And please, 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 please know that you are enough. You are worthy of prioritizing your well-being, that you, no matter what you do, you did not cause it, you cannot cure it, you cannot... Control addiction. And so I just want to send you a huge hug. And I wanted to do this episode because I know so many of us feel that way. I remember I did 100%. I had to do a lot of work on abandonment and, like, you know, am I not fun? Am I not enough? Am I not like with the not enoughness? I think that's a whole podcast episode on its own. In fact, so, yeah, so I hope that I hope there was some insight there. Please take what you love, leave what you don't. And I'm just sending you huge hugs. And if you do want to move yourself up on the priority list of uh loving yourself and just moving yourself, your well-being up the totem pole, so to speak. I do have a me first challenge that's absolutely free at the website at saving you killing me.com. I'd love to have you there. It's so fun. There's so many fun things. There's a 30 day challenge. You can do it for 30 days in one month if you like, or you can do one at a time as you please. You can randomly select so many fun things. And in the me first challenge, and one of my favorites in the me first challenge is pretending that somebody super important is coming to your home, wherever you live And what you do is you pretend someone really important is coming and you totally care for this person and you really want to make it nice for them. So maybe you buy some, you know, healthy food, a veggie platter, maybe you tidy up, you put things away, you make your bed nice or you put flowers out. And the catch to this, I love this one. The important person is you. That's you coming home and you coming to your place and it's amazing how we just need to love ourselves. We need to put ourselves first, and one of, that's one of my favorite things to do is just prioritizing you. And it's a fun exercise, right? I, I I dare you to try that. It's it's actually really fun. It makes you feel really good, and it makes you feel special. And you'd probably dress up nice too if that special person was coming, and put on some makeup, or you know, it's really it's a fun experiment, a thought experiment. Or even if you'd like to do it, I'd love to hear all about it. Of of course, join us in the private Facebook group because we do share all these me first challenges in there. And um, I'd love to have you there. So uh, go to the website at saving and check out all the me first challenge. It also has a mental health first aid uh, course in there too. That's absolutely free. All these resources are complimentary just to help you regain your power, take back your power. Um, That is why I created the book, the podcast, the community, everything, because I know I needed it when I was in the muck. So here we are. So sending you loads of love and hugs and have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With an Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.